Hey, hey everyone! Welcome from Sydney. Uh, it's a bit of a dreary day today. The sun is kind of popping out of the clouds, but mostly a bit dark and cloudy. I'm personally riding the high of the Ash Barty wind last time at tennis. I don't know if anyone else watched along. So today I'm going to be talking to you about how much of a deposit should you be putting down when you're purchasing a property, either as an investor or an owner-occupier. I think these rules and uh, the different case studies and the different information I'm going to give you today will help out in both situations. I'm going to start with a case study of something that I've been thinking about with a recent property purchase. And then I'm going to go through the positives and negatives of putting down a 20% deposit or putting down less than a 20% deposit. I'm going to conclude with summarizing the different approaches, why you might put down a 20% deposit or less than a 20% deposit, and finish with the golden rule, and also show you the national property clock. Don't forget to like and subscribe for more content. Here's the breakdown of those four costs for a property purchase of around $330,000, which obviously isn't going to be in the city of Sydney, but maybe in New South Wales or across the country. I think these four main costs are pretty important uh, the conveyancer is almost essential. The building and pest inspection report is pretty crucial. The worst case scenario is that you buy a building and it's termite infested and then you're stuck with a property that's going to cost you more than the loan. What situation would you want to put down less than 20% deposit? And what are the benefits and the negatives? So the main considerations are if you put down less than 20%, you'll get hit with a lender's mortgage insurance. It's also a lot harder to save up to 20% deposit. It will mean that you might get a worse interest rate and it could limit the banks that you could go to, which means you might be going to non-banks. It also means it can mean that you're putting less money up front, which means you might have more money in your pocket. But on the flip side, that means that you might have to be paying more money each week. So now I'll expand on those points. The first one is lender's mortgage insurance. Unless you're a massive law nerd or you love saving lives, you're going to have to pay lender's mortgage insurance with less than 20% deposit. Now I know Everyone says this is terrible, it's dead money, and there's some truth to that. But lenders' mortgage insurance can be a tool to access the market when it can be hard to save up the 20% otherwise. So what is lenders' mortgage insurance? It's essentially a fee you have to pay the bank to say, hey, trust me, I'm secure and we can do business together. I would say as a general principle, it's good to avoid paying lenders' mortgage insurance, but of course, there's some situations where you can't avoid it. Lenders' mortgage insurance works on a tiered system. Up until a point, lenders mortgage insurance is going to hurt. I'll just take you through how this actually works on an online calculator. So here's an online calculator that I found that's really useful. It's yourmortgage.com.au. For demonstration purposes, I'm gonna put down that we're a first homeowner buyer. And we've got the property value here of $330,000. The loan amount of $287,000. So if I calculate that, you're looking at an LVR of about 87%. You're paying almost 3k. So if you drop down to 85 LVR, which I think is the sweet spot, you're shaving off quite a bit of money already. And that's just around 2% different, 2 LVR different. If we go to the other extreme of about 95 LVR, you're getting whacked with a huge amount. If we go to 90, it's not too much better. It's still roughly double the 85 LVR mark. So here you can see, just as a quick demonstration, that the sweet spot is around 85 if you wanted to balance between paying lenders mortgage insurance or not. I can do an in-depth video on this, but essentially if you put down a 15% deposit, that's the sweet spot in the tiered system where you're going to have a little bit of lenders mortgage insurance, but not so much that you really feel it. Anything above that, it gets ex exponentially worse. That information is of course ignoring the fact that the first home deposit scheme 
takes away lenders mortgage insurance and allows you to put down a 5% deposit. I'm planning to make a video in depth on this plan on this. So obviously a huge benefit of putting down less than 20% deposit is the fact that it's really hard to save for a 20% deposit. It seems pretty obvious, but it's worth saying. Putting down less than 20% may also mean that you have some money left over. Now, for an investor, this could mean that you could put that money back into the property or you're building your portfolio later on. So you can save up faster for your second investment. And for the owner occupier, this might mean that even though you have to pay a little bit more in your mortgage, you have that safety net. So if something goes wrong, you have some money left over to help you out. This is especially important if you're someone with a low risk tolerance. Or for example, for me, family is really important. So having some money left over to help them out if they need it is something worth considering. And as also for an investor, it just means you have a safety net. So if your tenants have to move out or if they can't pay rent for a little while, you can at least dip into that extra money that you didn't put down into your deposit. One point worth mentioning is that if you can sustain a property, so say if you put down less of a deposit, but you're making good money, so you can afford to pay a little bit extra in that mortgage and keep that savings, it'll mean that you'll get closer to your second investment property a lot faster. So it's worth considering how well can you sustain the higher mortgage repayments to keep some of that money that might be difficult to save. A final point on putting down less than 20% deposit, it's gonna reduce two things. One, your access to different banks, and two, your access to a good interest rate. So the less deposit you have, the less secure or reliable you seem to banks. And I'm not saying you're not a reliable person, but the banks will look at you and say, if you can't put down a big deposit, then can you really afford this property? We might have to take an extra risk, which really just means charging you more. In some cases, if your deposit is too small, a major bank might not even lend to you at all. And so you're looking at different non-bank lenders. Say for example, you are an investor and you have $70,000. You can either use all that money for one big deposit or you can split that into two different deposits, which means you can have two properties instead of one. It means your mortgage repayments on both those properties are gonna be higher than if you just paid it down on one property, but you're betting on the fact that the capital growth in those properties will increase, and it could be a way to fast track building up your investment portfolio with more risk. So those are the main benefits of putting down less than a 20% deposit. And yes, there's some pros and there's some cons, and it's really up to you about whether you wanna do that. Now we'll move on so what the benefits or the considerations for putting down a 20% deposit. I don't know about you, but growing up, my parents always said, you save up and put down a 20% deposit, and that's just the standard. So why should we do that? There's four main reasons. You don't have to pay mortgage insurance. It reduces your risk. It means you have better rates, and it means you don't have to pay as much on an ongoing basis. So obviously the main big one for putting down a 20% deposit is you don't have to pay lenders mortgage insurance. In the back of my head, I can always see my mom saying, Don't pay lenders mortgage insurance. Don't pay lenders mortgage insurance. It's a waste of money. I think I've already covered off on the pros and cons of doing this, but it's one major consideration for putting down a 20% deposit. The higher the deposit, the lower the interest rate. The miracle of compounding works both ways, in your favor and against you. And with a lower interest rate, it's the epitome of how that will affect you. A lower interest rate over the long period will mean that you're compounding those savings. I'm gonna make a video on the miracle of compounding because it's pretty incredible. But just for now, the lower your interest rate, that percentage of saving will compound over time and build upon itself. But on the flip side, the higher interest rate, the more you're gonna be compounding interest against you. So the other one is the cost out of your pocket on an ongoing basis. The larger the deposit, the less your property is gonna cost. So your mortgage repayments are gonna be less. This is really important for investors or if you're planning 
on changing your own occupier to an investment later on. Because if you can charge less rent, you can be more competitive against other properties that are similar to yours. So the fourth point is it also reduces your risk. And what I mean by this is the bigger your deposit, the less you owe on the property, which means if the value of your property fluctuates, which it will, then if your pro the value of your property goes down, the less you own it means that gap between the risk of what you owe and how much it's worth doesn't matter as much to you. But if you're leveraged to the fullest amount and the value of your property goes down, that means you then owe the bank money. For example, with a property of $330,000, if you put down a 10% deposit, let's say let's say you now owe $300,000. If the value of your property goes down below that and you have to sell the property for some reason, you're gonna be making a loss. Whereas if you've paid down a deposit of 20%, then you have a little bit of money left over and you have a little bit more buffer room. This is just a factor to think about because it does reduce your risk and it gives you a little bit more peace of mind. So in conclusion, there's really a lot of different factors to think about whether you're gonna put down a 20% deposit or less than 20%. One main thing that I promised that I'd show you at the end of the video was the property clock. So this here is the property clock. This is from Heron Todd White's website, which you can access for free. I'll put a link in the description down below. As you can see here, the clock goes clockwise and it goes from a peak of the market, declining market, bottom of market, rising market. Normally up the top here is a seller's market and down here is a, is a buyer's market. As you can see here for the month of June 2021, a few suburbs are on the rise and a few of them have even hit their peak. This is a really important tool for an owner occupier or an investor because you can see where the general suburb is and where it is on the, on the market of the clock. This is a very important tool for investors and owner occupiers. Because you can see if you want to buy somewhere, for example, like the Gold Coast, you can look up where the suburb is and where it is on the clock. Of course, take everything with a grain of salt. The Heron Todd White National Property Clock is not the holy bible of property investing. You have to do your own research and look at other different factors. But it's a good first glance and to give you a good impression of where the suburb you're looking to buy in. I personally believe that time in the market is more important than time in the market. So if you have enough money to purchase a property and it's your dream, either as an investor or an owner-occupier, the best time to do it is when you can. The things that I've spoken about today are different factors that can help you decide how much of a deposit you put down at that time. I personally believe that interest rates are gonna rise. And even though over time they will increase, there is a little bit of risk in buying at the moment. So I'm personally putting down a larger deposit. And don't forget the golden rule. If you can save up faster, then the property market is increasing, then save and put down a big deposit. But if you can't, you may as well enter the market when you can and put down a lower deposit. I hope my video today has given you some knowledge and some tools to, to wield when you're going into battle with the property market. It can seem like a pretty daunting task. Please like and subscribe if you want more content. I'm planning on making more videos on property and stocks. So yeah, hope you enjoyed today and I'll see you again soon.